This is the NRL.com Fantasy Podcast. Hello and welcome to the NRL Fantasy Podcast. My name is Chris Kennedy, as it also was last week. Our regular host, Andy Bryan, is off on paternity leave for a second straight week. And sure, spending time with your newborn baby daughter and supporting your wife sound like important things to be doing, but are they really more important than NRL Fantasy? I say no, but to help me get to the bottom of that question and also maybe some other ones if we have time, I am joined again in the studio by actual NRL fantasy experts Dom Brom, Dom Brock and Adrian McMurray. Gentlemen, welcome to you both. Cheers, mate. Good to be here. Thanks, CK. A great round one uh, and we'll, we'll touch more on Bromwich soon. <laughs> <laughs> A great round one for not many of us, actually, myself included, but we'll start off with some uh, some team news, and why don't we just start off with the great Jay Bromwich, because he was certainly in my team and that stung. Um, did anyone else wear that? And uh, either way, what do we do with him? Uh, I haven't got him, but uh, dislocated thumb on the weekend. Uh, early reports were that he could miss a month and a half, six or seven weeks, but the good news is he's only out for two weeks, two or three weeks. Mm. Uh, still, there's good reason to trade him this week. I, I think. Yeah, I, I've certainly had him the last couple of years, but for whatever reason this year, opted not to have him. It's turned out to be a, a masterstroke. I don't think there was any... I, I didn't know it was going to happen or anything like that, obviously. But yeah, I think uh, if you are playing head-to-head, though, you could, I think as you sort of talked about in your video yesterday mm-hmm. or on Monday, CK, um, you know, you could sort of hold on to him, but certainly for overall points, and if you don't have any other pressing sort of areas elsewhere... Um, that's a lot of money to be carrying for a few weeks. Yeah, he does. Uh, he does some free up some cash if you download him to one of the uh, the cheaper props that's floating around, like a Jared Wallace or a Sui Matangi. Provided that doesn't uh, impact on your short term scoring too much, if you uh, if you need him in the short term. Um, what about poor uh, poor Dylan Fithian at the Knights? A lot of us had him uh, as a as a potential cash cow. Yeah, he's finished for the year, like Greg Inglis doing his ACL on the weekend. Um, He's a, obviously a trade-out, won't score any points or make you any money this year. Um, there's a lot of cheap cash cows around in the outside backs who are the obvious targets. If you haven't got one of them, we'll get to them later. Otherwise, you can, if you have all of them now, you could wait, hold Fithian for a few weeks, see who pops up. Maybe Kalen Ponger or somebody will get a run. You could trade them in then, but uh, yeah, he's certainly a trade at some stage. We'll get to the um, the good cash cows a little bit later, but while we're still on the team lists and uh, and Dylan Fithian, we've got Dylan Edwards has come into the Panthers team and Braden Burns has been named on the wing for the Rabbitohs. Adrian, do we like either of them, either as a replacement for Dylan Fithian or just in general? Yeah, I think uh, Burns is probably... Uh looking like a better option or you don't really know with these these cheap wingers could be anything uh we saw like with the young uh, raider nick kotrick last week a really great score off the bat i think mid 30s 36 37 somewhere there um so burns could could be that again uh that sort of score against uh you know a, a seagulls outfit that was a little uh, a little disappointing in round mm. one at home. Defended well, though, which is probably uh, a key if you're looking at opposition wingers. Yeah, that's true. Um, but really, um, you know, it's it's tough with these these rookie wingers because you don't know about their job security and that sort of thing, especially um, Edwards, who doesn't look like he's... will have an extended run with uh, mm. DWZ uh, in the mix in a couple of weeks or potentially sooner rather than later. Potentially, yeah, this week or next week, plus uh, Hick, who's only out for a month, so maybe one to avoid there with Dylan Edwards, do you think? Yeah, I agree. Uh, Edwards is one to avoid. The thing in Burns' favour on that point is that Greg Inglis is out for six months, probably the season, so they have to fill those spots with somebody. He's the front runner. He looks like he's going to have that 
wing spot for the long term. And Aaron Gray probably another eight or so weeks before coming back and taking a backline spot as well. Yeah. What about, while well, we're still on South, um, Adam Reynolds named on the uh, the reserves list and uh, and both Burgesses now, the, the two twins out of favour. Yeah, well, we saw... Uh Thomas dropped. Uh, he's going to start the front row for North this week in the Interest Super Premiership. Um, you know, I don't quite know what's going on there with those those twins. Uh, certainly a no-go zone, George, while he's part of the extended squad. Only when he's starting, really, will we even consider bringing him in. Um, but Zane Musgrove made a good account of himself and could be a, a reasonable mid-price option there. Yeah, um, the one worry, I guess, is is if George Burgess comes back into the starting point, starting team at some stage. Um, but in the meantime, Musgrove's making money. It doesn't look like the Burgesses, are, those twins, are any closer to getting into the team at this point. So who knows? He looks, he looks decent. If you, certainly if you've got him already, Musgrove's going great. Yeah, and, and Reynolds, um, we'd expect he'd just be a straight swap for, for Luke Kelly when he is fit again. So we'll just monitor that one. I wouldn't expect many fantasy coaches would have uh, Kelly to start the year. Cash cow. Okay, well, let's move on to cash cows because that's really the most exciting part of uh, the early part of the, the season for fantasy coaches. And there were quite a few that went really well um, in round one. You mentioned Nick Cotri, Adrian. Um, Moses Suley actually, uh, I think, made the most money of pretty much any player. And he's certainly the best performer of the cash cows in round one. And Tao Tao Monga at Brisbane, who I was pretty cool on uh, last week, Dom, but uh, he looks to have uh, to reverse those sort of expectations. Yeah, he looked really solid. Made a few tackle breaks, uh, scored 44 fantasy points. Um, looks to have the inside running on that centre spot um, for the short term at least after that uh, win for Brisbane. Um, Moses Sully scored 52, which is even better. Um, don't know if you can expect a rookie winger to score 50 every week, but he's capable obviously and um, one of those tackle breaking types that do, do so well in fantasy. Um, Riley Jacks, the new 5'8 at the Storm, also did well, 41 points. Um, Billy Slater, Probably still a few weeks away. Craig Bellamy's being a bit coy about how long it's going to take him to come back. Um, and as you said, Kodrick did well. Um, Talakai in the centres at South scored mid 40s as well. So it was kind of it was jackpot really for most of those outside back cash cows in, in round one. A lot of us have quite a few of these players, but are any of them sort of must trade ins, Adrian? If we don't have them, well, I think the only one I've missed out personally is uh, Monga, um, and I'm sort of looking to try and get him in there somewhere. Um, he's sort of that tricky price now where he, he's a, yeah. a bit above the sort of rookie guys. Uh, you know, a lot of these guys after that initial bump. But um, really, I think uh, Monga and, and Suli, definitely guys you should really consider. Um, even even Kotrick did well. Uh, Luke Yates, you know, great first up effort. Whether he's going to get those sorts of minutes again, though, I think injuries sort of helped his cause a little mm. bit. Um, I don't think you should be rushing out to get him. Um, Talakai, an interesting one in the centres there. I think a heap of tackle busts really, really helped him out there. So um, he could be one of the better. We saw Heimel Hunt start last year out of nowhere. So yep. there's, there's something about South centres. It sure is. Uh, we, just before we move past Tao Monga, he, um, I think he was on one point after 15, almost 20 minutes, and I was thinking, you know, here we go again. The, the involvement's going to be low again. He's going to just sort of be watching on and, and not really commanding the ball. But once he worked his way into the game, he, uh, I think he ended up making 130 metres with a few tackle busts. Um, is this a new Tao Monga? Is this someone that we can expect this sort of uh, performance from every week? 
Well, you know, I think outside backs generally are fairly unreliable, but he is going to come up against uh, his former side in the Cowboys this week, so he yeah. could be primed for a big one there, you know, uh, showing them what they might be missing out on. So uh, I don't think we could, we could expect him to average 40, but, you know, even if he's averaging sort of mid-30s, high-30s, that, that'd be fine for them. Or even alternating between 40s and then 20s one week, 40s the next, that's still all right for a cash cow. So Exactly. What about Moses Suley? He's not going to be marking up on someone uh, running on one leg every week and the Tigers can be a little bit hot and cold? Yeah, but but again, he's so cheap. Um, the, the fact that he's capable of scoring 50 in his very first game in the NRL, um, he's very young, he's only going to improve. Again, if he scores 20s and 30s and 50s, a mix of those, that's fine for someone his price. So I think he's almost a must-have. Would you say this is probably the last week you'd look to buy him with such a, a low break-even? Uh, I mean, he'll, he'll make money for a few weeks, you would think, for probably the next month or so or more, depending on how his, how his scores go. So um, if you miss him this week, you could still get him next week. But in saying that, if you haven't got him now... There's no great reason I see why you wouldn't get him this week. Jaden Braley, I think, is one we haven't really touched on yet. He was just about the most owned uh, potential cash cow in the preseason. The, uh, the looming shadow of James Seguiaro is getting bigger and bigger. He could be uh, signed within the next week or two. Um, I guess the advantage there is that we could potentially straight swap a Braley to a Seguiaro once that happens. Yeah, that's right. I think 38 points is a good start if you have him already. The fact that Seguiaro is on the horizon perhaps means... I'd probably be pretty hesitant to buy him this week if you didn't have him already. Um, he could only be in the starting team for another week or two. Um, yeah, it, it's a risk. So fingers crossed if you already own him that Braley keeps that starting spot for you know as long as possible, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I wouldn't be rushing out to get him either. Uh, it's, I think it's a no-go zone for a, for a buy this week. All right, well, let's, uh, let's look at some of the headaches that a lot of us picked up uh, last week. A lot of uh, big-name guns underperforming their, uh, their lofty reputations. Um, Penrith getting smacked by Dragons didn't help a few of their players. Um, there were a few strugglers at South. Uh, Warriors had some big-name battlers, and uh, Titans also in, in the lower end had some, uh, some strugglers. Let's start off with Penrith. And uh, Trent Merrin, who's a guy who I was ruining uh, selling all of last year. I, I've got rid of him after a couple of week early performances. He only got 32 uh, Dom, panic stations, or are we just, uh, is it 2016 all over again? <laughs> yeah, no, no panic stations yet, I think, for any of these established guns after one round. Um, you're better off reading into a player's whole season last year than you are into one round this year. Um, I think it was Merrin's first game of the season. I'm not sure if he played any trials, so he only got 45 minutes or so. Yep, 44. Uh, 44 minutes uh, in round Get one. <laughs> Yeah, so, so that, that will increase and his scores will go up. I wouldn't panic too much just yet, um, especially for those who went through the same situation last year like you guys did, I think, having him at the start of the year, trading him after a poor first few rounds and then he goes on and becomes a gun. It was so frustrating. <laughs> traded him out and then he went on and, and did great things. Uh, just the 40 uh, run metres as well in, in yeah. his 45. There's only four field, carries, so. I think, in that time on field. I know the Panthers didn't have a lot of ball, but that's still a little bit... Uh, well, it's very low involvement for someone of his uh, pedigree. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I think that the Dragons forwards really got on top of Penrith, so um, you know, hopefully he can sort of lift his game against the Tigers. And the fact, as you say, the Panthers got dominated is the reason why. Nathan Cleary only scored 33 points or so yeah. as well. So I wouldn't panic if, if you've splashed out on him as well. 
What about, I guess that's a similar story for uh, Tom Travojevic, who we're all thinking might be headed for a real breakout season. Manly uh, had 40% of the ball, which is just ridiculous across 80 minutes. He had one really nice long-range run uh, towards the end of the game, but only scored in the 20s. It's uh, a little bit concerning for a guy who's almost 400k. Yeah, it is. Um, Manly didn't have, as you say, many attacking opportunities, and they'll need that for for a fullback to score a lot of fantasy points. See, um, Tedesco on the weekend went crazy when the Tigers dominated South, so... Um, the, one, the biggest issue, I think, for, uh, for Tommy Turbo is how often are Manly going to dominate anyone this year? Um, they didn't look great in the weekend. They should be a bit better than they were last season, but it's a bit of a gamble either way on, you know, on them. Yeah, and I think they're, they, they're really going to struggle with a bit of go forward with three props, you know, losing three front rowers in the one mm. go. They don't really have, they haven't really brought in a lot of uh, middle forwards as well to sort of cover there. Yeah. So they might uh, struggle to get a bit of go forward and, and in turn, you know, Trebojevic might, uh, his scores might still struggle this week. Yeah, for sure. A few other low scores. Uh, Sam Burgess at South, so I had him as almost a must-have in the preseason. Only 42 points uh, for him, and he's still racking up those demerit points as well, Dom. Yeah, I think those are always going to be around for him. He makes mm. errors, he gives away penalties, but he also does so much in, you know, with the ball and in defence that it kind of all works out for you anyway, usually. Um, 42 isn't a terrible score. I wouldn't be writing him off just yet, especially... Um, he does play against Manly this week, and as we've just said, um, their forward pack isn't what it was, which wasn't that flash shot anyway. So uh, you could see Sam Burgess dominating this week. Um, I mean, who knows? He could be almost captain material if you think he could um, really you know, be a wrecking ball in the middle. Yeah, it's probably, I think... It's easy to have a knee-jerk reaction to any of these premium guys after <laughs> the first week. So it's probably, you know, wait and see. But if these trends continue over the coming weeks, that's when we can start to be a bit more worried. Heading to Warriors, uh, Simon Mannering and Isaac Luke. Simon Mannering's been a, an absolute keeper in the past. He actually looked really good, I thought, until he went off with that neck injury. Uh, score of 36 isn't ideal for him, but obviously came in limited minutes. Quite a few owners are wondering what to do with him, Adrian. Are we keeping him? I think so. Um, he's been named again. Uh, Kearney said you know, after the game he should have no no real issues, despite the fact that it was a neck injury, which to me sounds like mm. quite an issue. But anyway, the Mannering's are tough as nails. Minor neck, neck injury. <laughs> That's <laughs> it. Uh, yeah, so he, he should be fine. And Isaac Luke, I know we talked a lot about the hookers last week. He uh, also picked up a bit of an injury and only scored in the 20s with so many other good hookers around, Dom. Can we uh, afford to hold him or is he a sell? Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, it's just it, the score is purely based on the well, yeah, on the injury that that limited his game time. Um, but there are some great hookers around. Cameron McGuinness scored seventy odd, I think. Played the full eighty minutes. Looks like a great buy if you haven't got Cameron Smith and Braley. Um, so yeah, if I had Luke, I'd be and I didn't have other things to fix in my squad, I'd be very tempted to try and find the cash to go to McGuinness. What about at the Titans? I think two of our favourite mid-range cheapies heading into the season were Jared Hayne and Kane Elgy. Uh, Jared Hayne coming in with an awesome fantasy pedigree. Kane Elgy not so much, but obviously priced cheap enough to make money. They both actually beat their break-evens and made a little bit of cash. So are these just slow burns we're going to sit on but maybe contemplate leaving out of the 17 in future? Yeah, I'd, I'd probably leave Hayne in your 17 unless you've got a lot of um, crash out winger fullbacks, um, but as you say, they're making money. They almost look look worse than they were because so many really cheap cash cows did great in round one. Yeah. Um, but the fact they got th- around thirty, that's fine for underpriced players like that. So I wouldn't worry about them at this stage. Yeah, and the Roosters totally dominated that first half as well. So they really, 
didn't uh, you know sort of get into the game until the second half. So yeah, wait and see. They're, they're still making money, as you said. Mm. And Jamal Idris, one of the most owned players in the game. Um, Jason Taylor, who for some reason really, really hates my fantasy teams year after year after year. <laughs> um, pulled the late switcheroo and it looks like he's going to play off the bench again with uh, Michael Cheekham starting in the centres and Jamal set to get, I don't know, 50-odd minutes again. Um, because he's so cheap, he didn't lose money, but it's not really what you want from a potential cash cow. No, uh, so I, when we sort of saw the team news come through, I sort of moved him out of my starting side onto the bench. Really just going to keep him there for a while, um, not even contemplate moving him into the starting side until he does nail down a starting spot for the Tigers. Uh, but really no no real panic at this stage. That's yeah. his role at the moment. You've got, to, you've got to assume that they plan on starting him in the centres at some point. If they're playing him off the bench, you don't play bench centre unless you have long-term plans to play him in your starting team so no need to panic now just put him outside your top 17. Mm. Worked for Cronulla for an extended period last year but it's probably more the exception rather than the rule. This round's player in focus. Moving on player in focus I want to talk about um, we're going to focus on one particular player each week who's uh, of interest to a lot of coaches and this week we've gone for Jared Wallace the Titans prop who a lot of us had um, were eyeing off as a potential mid-range keeper um, moving from the Broncos to the Titans expected early on to move to lock and pick up his minutes quite substantially Um, those plans changed when he got named at prop and then those plans came back on the fly because they had some injuries (laughs) ended up playing 70 minutes Um, Dom, talk us through Jared Wallace. Do you have him? Do you think he's a must-buy if you don't have him? Um, can we expect these minutes to keep happening? What's going on? It's a lot of questions. Um, I, <laughs> I don't have him. I'm strongly considering getting him. Um, I can't see him play 70, playing 70 minutes every week. You would think Kevin Proctor's injury had a big part to do with that. Proctor missed the second half on the weekend. Um, but he scored really well when he was on the field. I think he made 43 tackles, yep. scored 56 um, his minutes certainly are going to be higher than they were last year, which is the, the key factor for picking an underpriced fantasy player. He uh, played about 35 minutes a game at Brisbane. Should play, you would think, 40 or 50 minutes a game, week to week at the Titans at least, in which case he scores around 45, 50 should be you know, hopefully the norm. Yep, got about 36 minutes a week last year, so I think either way he's got to improve on that. Adrian, I hear you've got some scoops from north of the border for us. That's right. I don't ever say that I don't do any preparation for the show <laughs> because I knew he was going to be our player in focus. Uh, so I've spoken to our man in Queensland, Tony Webeck, uh, just asking about, you know, his role in the side and, yeah. well, not Tony's role, but rather <laughs> Wallace's role. Tony does play an important role <laughs> in that side, but, yeah, we're more focused on Jared Wallace at the moment. That's right. Um... And he sort of said, look, there's no real, you know, big minute middles waiting to come back in. So he'd suggest that those sorts of minutes will be the norm rather than the exception um, moving forward, which was my eyes just lit up when I saw that come through because I'm really trying to find a way to fit Wallace in, uh, dual position, you know, undervalued, new team. There's there's so much upside there. So how I'm going to do it? I don't know at this stage, but really I think he's one we should all be looking at this week. Yeah, I'm certainly contemplating uh, bringing him in for, for Jesse Bromwich, who I probably shouldn't sell, but I think I'm going to. Um, they've lost Dave Shillington, obviously. He retired in the off-season. Um, we mentioned Kevin Proctor got injured, but aside from Ryan James, like you say, there's you know Vaha Pulu and Ignatius Parsi and some real uh, bench impact-type middles, but not a lot of big-minute middles, so he could be one for all of us to consider. 
Moving on to the best buys section and uh, outside of the cash cows and obviously Jared Wallace who we just spoke about, there were quite a few guys in the mid-range who made some pretty good coin. Um, guys we were looking at as being underpriced because they were coming into a new team. Um, quite a few of them in a lot of teams but uh, Dom, do you want to take us through a few of these guys? Who's on your radar? Who you really liked in that kind of 180 to 300 sort of price range? 180 to 300. I should have done more prep. <laughs> I got, I got... We were talking about Sui Matangi off air um, as as a candidate for a lot of people. I personally am sitting on uh, Felice Kafusi and Frank Winnerstein, who I was reasonably happy with. So there's a few guys in that sort exactly. of Exactly. So I've got those two guys already, um, Kafusi and Winnerstein. Um, Matangi as well uh, scored, I think, mid-30s, high-30s. Um, great value. Um, it's those kind of guys I'd be looking at personally if I, if I didn't already have Jared Wallace and I did have Jesse Bromwich this week. Um, normally a two-week injury I would probably hold, but in round one, where there's so many underpriced players who can score 40 points a week and only cost you about 200 grand, it seems like you know it's a great time to snap those guys up and and both score some decent points and make fast money. Adrian, guys with uh, lowish break evens, who you think might be on a bit of an upward curve this year? Yeah, there are a few there. So as we sort of touched on, Matangi, fantastic 41. Michael Gordon was a someone that we didn't really. Mm. even consider all preseason. He's a little bit more expensive than the guys we were, we were just touching on there. Uh, but a, a fantastic first-up score of 68. Um, well, do we think he might have a lot more goals to kick in what might be a, a red-hot Roosters team this year and just a better overall structure than what he was playing in at Parramatta last year? I think so. I think uh, there's some real upside there. So, um, you know, even if we're looking to offload uh, Trebojevic at this early stage, if you think, you know, Manly's no good anymore <laughs> it's so early <laughs> yeah. in the season but uh round one panic time that's it uh you know michael gordon's a great option there um you know zach santo was one that obviously no one mm. looked at uh he's gone straight away but um performed admirably in round one so i just sort of give him a, a shout out at someone who's, uh, <laughs> well done zach price. we might see you again after origin <laughs> um what about someone like sione Mataria, dylan walker these guys who are well sione's uh, dual position dylan walker's just a center but both guys who um were expected to improve on their 2016 averages and early signs are that they have yeah sione Mataria, i really like as a buy dual position which gives your team a lot of flexibility especially it's the unusual center second row um, dual position, uh, so he can. It means you, for trades you can swap a, a back out for a forward or vice versa. Um, handy to have, and looks like he'll play in the second row most weeks. He did spend a bit of time in the centres on the weekend. Got a yep. try assist, I think, which helped him get up to 45, 46 points. Yep. So I'd expect about 40 so, points yep. a week from him, um, which is keeper territory in the centres. Yep. Dylan Walker, someone who I know you guys were more keen on. I wasn't during the preseason, but he's certainly proved me wrong there with a first-up score of 40. You know, um, Manly didn't see a lot of the ball, but mm. he, he did really well. So. Still got five tackle breaks, yeah, so he's uh, looking all right out there. Just on uh, Newcastle and Sione's teammate Mitch Barnett, who are very low ownership at about 1.7%. Someone I looked at in the preseason and really, really wish I jumped on, um, priced at 460 to start with. Pumped out 70-plus in round one, obviously with the help of a try assist, but a mountain of base stats as well. Um, Dom, keeper territory? Well, it looks like it so far. Um, he, he just he did a lot in not that much time. I think he played 60 minutes. Yeah, well, he went off early, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. he had a knock. And uh, to pump out 70-odd points in 60 minutes um, in a loss, that's, that's pretty impressive. Um, a lot of tackles, a lot of run metres, tackle breaks, a bit of everything. Um, looks the goods. I mean, it's early days. 
Um, Jamie Burem is similar price and is probably, I thought, certainly last week, a more reliable option for 50 points a week, just with his defensive workload and, and higher minutes. But Barnett's looking great so far. So frustrating because I had him <laughs> in my team for most of the preseason. Yep. Got Same. him out just a, a few days before the start of the season and he goes and does that in round one. Having said that, you know, great point of difference option um, and certainly someone well, I'm trying to fit him in again this week. So many trades. Yeah, uh, I need about we, 10 trades to fix my team already this week. It's can we talk to someone well. to, to get a few more trades this week or something? <laughs> can we call someone? Um, what about right at the very top end? Guys like Jack DeBellin and James Tedesco, clearly not going to get 90-plus every week, but Jack DeBellin is someone who we were all considering as a, a captaincy option towards the end of last year, and with your, some of your regular options like Cam Smith, not necessarily automatics anymore. Um, is he? Uh, I, I guess he's someone we all want in by the end of the season, but if you've got him now, potentially a captaincy option if you don't have him one to look at trading in. Yeah, definitely a captaincy option if you've got him. Um, he's not cheap. What does he cost now? 560-odd or something? Um, yeah, started pricing and then went up. <laughs> yeah, so super player, makes a ton of tackles. Um, again, doesn't have to play 80 minutes to post a massive score, as we saw on the weekend. Um, can get a try, it turns out. And it, he scored probably 20 points in that one try alone, yep. bumped through three or four defenders. Well, he scored one try, I think, all of last year, and he's already matched that this year. Is that just one out of the box, or is he, gonna, is he on an upward curve? He's got a bit more of an attacking game this year. Who knows? I mean, if, if so, he'll be one of the you know, really elite guns. Yeah. He was already a, a star in fantasy last yeah. year. Um, so it's one of those guys, if, if you can get him, probably snap him up, but it's certainly someone to have in your team at some point this year, as is Tedesco. Really expensive, obviously a superstar. Um, he's not going to get 90 points every week. In fact, the Tigers have a tough run coming up. I think they've got Penrith, Canberra and Melbourne in the next three weeks. A few yeah. more tough games after that. So yeah. he might not have so many chances, but he's the kind of player who could do that against anybody. So... Yeah, you know, if you've got him on your team already, you're laughing. Sure, and uh, Cameron McInnes, we mentioned uh, towards the top of the show. I've heard people suggesting they're maybe going to bring him in for Cam Smith to free up some cash because they've suddenly realised that McInnes is playing 80 and potentially uh, keeper territory. Probably, in my opinion, too early to be selling Cam Smith after round one, but Cam McInnes certainly a good option. He certainly is, yeah. So the, the concern, I guess, we all had was that Field was going to come on. They are going to push McCrone to hooker. That didn't happen. He played 80. Um, let's. I think everyone just needs to chill out about <laughs> Cam Smith because we know what he's capable of. And he starts slow every year, doesn't he? Like he um, he always drops cash at the start of the year, and then he just hits his stride and he, he starts sure. upping out. And, and that game in particular, it was raining um, yeah. really badly against. Were they playing the Bulldogs? The dogs at Belmont. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. So no no one got good fantasy scores in that game. He still made I think the most tackles for the Storm. Um, he'll bounce back. It, it's. It's a bit crazy to write off the best fantasy player in the game after one week. I agree. Uh, and if you traded him out now, you still have to get him back at some point in the year. Yep. Cost a lot of money. That'd be hard to do. Just just keep him and try to find another way to get McGinnis in or somebody else in later in the season. Any uh, any last minute fantasy tips and tricks for round one? Should we mostly be looking at using our two trades every week to try and scramble for those cash cows before they spiral out of reach, or do we want to play a bit more of a long game and, and try and not make more than one a week and hold on to those trades? I think it comes down to if you've got the, the right cash cows. So um, if you've missed out on a few of those guys we sort of um, touched on before, you know, Jax, Suley, um, Cottridge, Talakai, those, those sorts of guys, um, look for a way to, to bring those guys in. Um, but there's nothing to stop you not trading this week. If you've got most of the guys, you're fairly happy, 
um, there's no pressing issues. You know, trades become a premium later down down the line. But trading's fun, right? You, you just want to trade. Like we're here to. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like you have to trade after one week. <laughs> You're waiting so long for the season to start. You've got two trades there. Just pull the trigger. But yeah, as you say, it's. I think at this stage, it's more important to get cash cows, money makers, whatever price they are, than than guns. Mm. I would say so. Um, if you missed out on any of those guys, I'd I'd get those guys first before I'd start splashing out on a Debellin or a Tedesco. Um, who are obviously excellent, but are going to be around the same price you would think in the long haul. Mm. Speaking personally, I didn't spend thousands of hours in the preseason carefully assembling a team not to immediately start dismantling it once a few of the guys started struggling in round one. Well, gentlemen, that's all we've got time for this week. Thank you again for joining us. Please also keep an eye out for our round two preview video, which will be posted on nrl.com mid-morning on Thursday. If you have any questions you would like answered either in that video or in next week's podcast, please shoot them through via Twitter using the hashtag NRLFantasy. You can catch any of us on Twitter using the handles at CKennedy80, at Dom underscore Brock, or at Adrian McMurray. So until next week, good luck with your NRL fantasy teams, happy trading, and enjoy the footy. For your chance at $350,000 in cash and prizes, Head to fantasy.nrl.com and register your team today. You've been listening to the nrl.com Fantasy Podcast.